I just wanted it's, to start recording. No, you're good. It's the whole Columbus complex of just like, you know, obviously that, you know, they came take our land and we have to fight back. So I've been obsessed with Avatar since I knew it was based on the Dances of Wolves, like Dances of Wolves plot. Nice. So I'm into it. It's like nice. my go-to. Avatar's also, I've watched it, I think, in anticipation. I It's my go-to like airplane movie because the first one's still long. So like okay. a good flight, okay. like the flights I used to take, think about it from Omaha to LA, I used to take a lot, Omaha to Boston. And especially with that layover, you know, pause the movie especially if you got to download you have to download one and i had the layover in chicago so it's not like i could start a movie on the little flight from omaha to chicago yeah. and then like be like pray that yeah. the next flight has the same source of entertainment so i could watch, i'd be like nope just download right to the phone make sure we're locked in and then go gotcha. from there so avatar was that, a two movie and that is the end of the story of jordan telling me why he's going to see avatar uh, to tonight. So, what's up, everybody? We're back, Scurry in the Scrub. <laughs> I had Let's to, go. Like, I had to just start recording on the man because he was just going off on like the origin of his uh, introduction into Avatar. Uh, yeah, sorry. I've been up since uh, six a.m. today. I got a workout in at six, and then I've had a half day of work. So I'm already the gears are turning. I'm on my second cup of coffee. So we're we're locked in here today. It's good to talk it. with you, man. It's good to be back yeah. with you. It's good to talk to you, brother, uh, especially on a podcast forum because it's been a minute. Um, so today we're going to be just keeping it pretty simple. We're just going to go up and down the Big East and kind of take a snapshot of every team. So, uh, yeah, we might mix in some, you know, off the cuff stuff, you know, as we, just we got. We just got a lot of chaos. Just the Big East having a classic Big East year. Woo! So it's, this is fun. This is fun. It, 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 it see that's why we had to wait because like Peyton went through their like drama you know like and then we like oh, uh, hold up this is just like this is a this is a sports season my, Creighton's just I, doing it first everyone else is gonna come in behind and like uh you know re re uh yeah can I actually make that, that plan yeah so like that's kind of what we were experiencing now so I think it's a perfect time to jump in and like take a look at the biggies because you know everybody kind of got their jokes in when Creighton was going through it and now like. Other teams are starting to go through it. Some teams are losing to DePaul when they never lose to DePaul. Some teams think, like UConn are like going from like, you know, Ken Palm Natty champs to like, you know, uh, Big East playing on Wednesday night at MSG. Like, so everybody's going through it now. This is the perfect time to like, let's, let's, you know how you like those like news, uh, you know, those funny like news, uh, news uh, shows when you were in high school or whatever. They would like zoom out of the globe or whatever, and they would like zoom into like a, a certain location and like show you what's going on in the world, right? That's yeah. what we're gonna do to the Big East right now. We're gonna zoom into every city and be like, "It's the jump, the, the Big East jump." The, we'll go to the Big yeah. East. This is the Big East jump, the Big East version. The Big East of the jump. jump but that's right. B- before we start, I have to say you're spot on. I think this is a great way to start this off because it has been since we last you know, recorded a podcast, I was at the Providence game. And so it's really nice just to see all these Big East teams have a reality check at this point because we had ours early, right? Like we yeah. had our early struggles, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really nice for Providence to be on top of the world or Providence, UConn to be on top of the world after they beat us, you know, number two feeling themselves going all the way to like their fans are like, we're about to be unranked in a week. I can't believe this. Like, it's just not, it's, it's like comforting when all the other Big East teams are going through there. The world is falling phase. It's just, it's nice to see. So I'm glad we get to talk about it on our platform. This is great. 
But then it feels good as like an ex-player too because you know how that losing streak can consume. It makes the days so long where you're just like, God, please just let us get the next dub so I can lose this feeling from my mind, you know, so I can just go to bed and like breathe a sigh of relief. And then you go through it as a fan, an ex-player, and you're like, gosh, please just get Creighton no dub, like get him out of this slump, like stop the jokes from flying. It's too much. They haven't won in a month. I'm, 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 I'm struggling here. And then Creighton gets their big man back. They get right. And now other teams starting to go through it, and you're just like sitting back, like sipping coffee, like mm, yeah, exactly. That's the life you like. You now you know what it's like. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And it's like even more so when you're in it, you know the it like ebbs and flows like that. I get, I talk about it yeah. all the time, and it's why you hear so much in guys and they're like post game pressers and all that, right? They talk about just you know next game, next game, like just mm-hmm. focus on that because it's so ridiculous when you're in it to realize how much things fluctuate whether it's injuries or like struggles or even like win streaks right like it's crazy Mm -hmm. how much it does fluctuate and now even just i think from a fan's perspective you're just like when a team goes through their lows you're just like come on man give me something to believe in here uh and then it's just it's it's nice to see everyone go through it you just feel like it's it's the it's classic as a fan more so it's nice to see people go through it because you're just like Oh, now you guys get it. Like, it's going from the player to be a player in it who's like, just stick with us, guys. Like, this is gonna, it's gonna be a roller coaster here, but like, stick with us. And then going from the fan that you're like, yeah, I know it's gonna be a roller coaster, but when are we gonna get to the fun part? So <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it's a given to take. Where I throw my hands up. When yeah. It's like, part? it's like, I know this is, I, I know I signed up for the roller coaster, but like, I'm ready for the fun part. Let's get to the fun part of it. So, yeah, no, it's it's great, it, man. It, you know what it does lend credibility to is your guys' kind of old mantra of like, or every athlete's old mantra of like, not too high, not too low. You know, just find that, find that place where you're centered and just you know moving along, because you can't you can't overreact to the good or the bad, because then you'll it'll spiral either way. Like if you overreact to the good, then you won't be locked into the next task. And if you overreact to the bad, same thing in a worse way because it'll spiral out of control on you and you'll start to be thinking too much and not just, you know, going out there and doing your thing. It does it does kind of lend credibility to that old athlete mantra, doesn't it? Like just never too high, never too low. Go through it, you know. So a hundred percent, and I actually I, I do want to throw a question at you. Speaking of old mantras, you just you, this really just sparked in my mind because I've been thinking about this a lot, especially if we're going to dive into just this Creighton team right now and where they're at, right? Do you think this team, I really want to get into this, do you think that the, the idea, you know, collecting data, we we had that whole old Let's mantra. Back a little bit for a Let's second, say yeah. that before, right? Mm-hmm. I'm actually interested in your thoughts on if you believe this team is because I have reason to believe in the past few games we can get into it, but I want your response first. I have reason to believe they kind of are, and they're starting to figure things out. To what you were just saying, like not mm-hmm. abandoning, not getting too high off the highs and too low off the lows, figuring out what works. Essentially, that was kind of tied to what was collecting data, right? So, yeah. so just for everybody who uh, isn't familiar with that, the origin of collecting data, how we, we, we use that for the 2020-2021 team, uh, the pandemic team that was uh, – had so many expectations, but 
you know, I still had to go through a season where it's like, well, we've already done all this stuff already. Just get us an attorney because that's the only thing. That's the missing piece. That's the part that got taken away the previous season. Uh, so we use that as kind of like a maybe this team is just kind of, you know, trying to get right by March. And that's when they're really what they're really playing for at this point. Um, so I tease, we tease that we, we tease about bringing that back after the UConn game because the team is kind of, you know, they hadn't hit their stride yet. And, you know, we still believe they would. So here here's my thing with this group, though. And it, it actually goes back to what we talked about in the preseason was I still felt this team wasn't like ready yet. Just because when I look at the variables, like there's you have Trey Alexander, Arthur Kaluma, and Ryan Nemhard, who are three second year starting players. And when you look at Alexander and Nemhard in particular, they didn't really have a full season of uh, starts in those roles as freshmen. So there's still there's still a progression there. Those two in particular. Um. So that's three of your five starters. Then you have Ryan Kalkbrenner, who uh, hasn't been 100% all year and has missed three games in, in the middle of it as your, you know, as your anchor both defensively and offensively, probably your most important piece. And then Baylor Shinerman, who is, has a lot of experience, a lot of skill, but he's transferring up and playing a new team for the first time. Um, so I felt like as it's put together – this team has a lot. I think this team has a high ceiling. I think they can get to a point where, you know, by the time it's turning time, you'll feel like they're capable of beating anybody on the on their best day. You know what I mean? Uh, they'll be one of those teams that you feel like if they get on a heater, they can go all the way. Now, the the kind of the pullback on that for me was I don't know if they're going to look like that in November and December. And I, I said that kind of a few times on these on various podcasts and whatnot, just because I think it's a progression. Like I, I think about, they remind me more of the 19 of your senior team, your senior year season, as opposed to the one after that, because you guys weren't really ready at the jump, but, once you started getting it together in February, I mean, you were the you had the best offense in the country basically after Christmas, and your defense got progressively better as the year went on, and you guys were flying high. You know, going into going into New York, you guys were flying really high. So that's that's kind of what I feel about this year's team is. I thought they were going to follow that trajectory more so than the twenty twenty team did where they were they were already elite to start the year it was about handling expectations at that point and and performing on a daily basis and not letting you know march and april come into the mind too often and distract you from the task at hand this year's team has a little bit of that because they do have a lot of expectations both in themselves and from you know outside prognosticators and whatnot but i still feel like they're following the trajectory of that 2020 team where there there's still a lot of young pieces and the pieces aren't haven't played together for a long time at the same time so i think they're building up to all of that so in some regard yes i agree with the collecting data part but i also feel like it's more relate more relatable to your senior year team 
as opposed to the one that followed you. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes more sense. And I even think just more so, and that's a good point too, because I just think like it's, I think they're collecting data, but just on a smaller scale. Like it definitely, because like I think defensively, what I've seen in the way that they've switched up defenses, whether it's like ball pressure and like you have to in just the past games they've played, but just in the way that they've even switched up defenses and like, I see that they're figuring things out on the defensive end versus yeah. like, I guess just like kind of like not not giving up, but like just kind of just saying like, okay, we can't figure this out. They're trying different things, I guess. And so I guess that part is encouraging for me to see. And I think that's just where they're at. So, yeah, I think the tra- trajectory is like this is the figuring it out period before the roller coaster gets fun again. So I'm excited for that part. Yeah, defensively, they. I mean, I think they're – they're just kind of getting back to what made them so good on the end of the floor last year, you know, just, they, and they've talked about that too, but, you know, having Kalkoner back is the big piece of it, right? Cause you, he gives everyone else on the floor belief in the plan that they can, you know, play drop coverage consistently that they can funnel things to the middle of the floor and he'll take care of all of it. Um, you know that they, they supply they, so much more ball pressure just when you have a yeah you know you just it, ta- you just, it allows you to take away the three pretty aggressively without you know obviously yeah. they don't want to foul but like it allows them to make to take away space on the three point line because they know they can you know they know they want to be chasing the ball downhill into their big man like that's kind of the you know the, just how their defense is is formulated and you look at what they're doing. Uh, since Kalkbrenner got back in the lineup right before Christmas, you know, they have the right now in defensive efficiency, they're 13th in the country over that period. And obviously you see the impact he has on the offensive end of the floor with his ability to, you know, just set up a point of attack when the ball goes, gets in his hands at the top of the key. And he allows Nemhard and Alexander and Baylor Shireman to play off of him in, in, in handoffs and, screens and rescreening and where he sets them and how it gets those guys going downhill and creates communication issues for, you know, the two defenders involved in the ball screen. And, and then obviously the lob threat and the post threat, like he's, he's the key to all of it. Like he is the most important player probably maybe in the country because of how much he impacts what Creighton does from a planning standpoint from a schematic standpoint, offensively and defensively. And since he got back in the lineup, Creighton's 12th in the country in offensive efficiency and 13th in defensive efficiency. So they're they're the number two offense in the Big East and the number one defense in the Big East since he got back in the lineup. And it's like, you know, when you see that impact come into the data, when you see it start to, like, weave its way into the metrics, it also lends more credibility to what we felt in the preseason that, he kind of got snubbed for player of the year. Like he deserved that. Like that when you look at his value and, and how much it elevates Creighton's ceiling, how much it pushes that up. He's, he's, he's the most important player in this conference. He is. Yeah. I think it's just simply that, like, it's just the most valuable player. It's like, he's quite literally the most yeah. valuable player. It's you can, you can look at the numbers, different team, a whole different team with, with him without him. Yeah. Teams are shooting uh just under 42% from two-point range since he got back in the lineup. That is almost 
No, it is six full percentage points better than the next best team in the conference. That's Think wild. That. Yeah. That's wild. Six full percentage points. It's almost like you're yeah. talking about different, you know what I mean? Like Creighton's ranked ninth in the country in two-point defense with Kalkbenner in the lineup, back in the lineup. The next bet, the next highest ranked team in the Big East is 115. Yeah. So if you want to talk valuable, most yeah. valuable player, mm-hmm. we got that's on lock. Yeah. So how do you feel about Creighton right now? So here, let's do the snapshot of the Jays. They're on a two-game winning streak. They beat Providence at home, you know, in a probably a must-win game for them. And then they went and whipped uh, Butler at Hinkle. So they sit at five and three in the league, eleven and eight overall. Their strength of schedule currently sits at fourth in the country. So they played the fourth toughest schedule. They're eleven and eight. Um, they're eighteen in the net, and they're in sixty-two of seventy-three brackets on bracketology on bracket matrix. So how do you feel starting with the Jays about their postseason? Um, what's the word I want to say? Aspirations. <laughs> yeah, their postseason outlook. How about that? Yeah, I'd say better. I guess better than I felt. Better than where? Which which point are you starting at? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Better than how you felt at Nebraska, or like is it going? Yeah, much much better than that. Much better than I felt. Well, even let's take it from how I felt at UConn, like, and that was still a good game. By I think, yeah, a few positions on. I guess all fronts, honestly, it being at UConn, Cockburn and foul trouble. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll say even better than that. So I'll say I'm encouraged by then. I said at that time they would have to go two and one on that streak. I think. So, like, just factor that factoring in the last like three, even having gone well for now. So, the last three before Seton, or yeah, last game, Seton Hall before Seton Hall. Go, I said we had to go two and one on that stretch. We went one and two. Uh, so I feel even more encouraged than I uh did. Yeah, so you wanted you wanted to split the road trip, you wanted to split the road trip. Okay, yeah, okay, thought that would have been better, but. I'm still. I feel, I feel better. I'm, I'm gonna stick with that. Is it because? Is it because the Xavier game was basically a toss up? Like when you, yeah, you know, when you lose by three on the road, it's basically a wash. Like right, because you're. That's basically what the what the difference is in terms of what home court advantage means, right? Yeah, I think that, that Xavier. If I if if we won that Xavier game or just one of those two games, Xavier or UConn, just or yeah, yeah, Xavier or UConn, like I would feel a lot better, even. I guess I'm just throwing that word around like crazy now, but I feel even more encouraged, but yeah, Yeah. no, I guess, I don't know. Are we giving it like scale one to 10, how I feel about us? I'll give it a, Uh, whatever you're comfortable handing out, you know, right now they're right now. They're, uh, they're an 11 seed, you know, they're, they're average, you know, average, uh, seed, I guess. Yeah. I was going to give them average number about how I feel like seven. So you're three. basically playing, you know, you're playing a six there, and then you're you're you know you're playing a three or a or a what fourteen after that, you know. So, so I feel a um, seven right now. I feel like yeah, you're seven out of ten on how you feel about so, the Jays postseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 that that sounds about right. Like I, uh, like I said, I feel like this team is gonna get even, gonna get even better. Um, not just because the schedule is gonna ease up a little bit for them to, you know, get comfortable. But I think they're yeah. starting to figure out who they are 
with each other. You know what I mean? I think, and I also think, I also think Greg McDermott is figuring out when to pull certain guys off the floor, when to put certain guys in, how to mix and match. I think he's at a point right now where he feels pretty comfortable about his rotation because you're starting to see more consistency and less just like throw things out there and see what happens for a stretch. You know, you you, you kind. Of, you know who's you know Baylor Shireman's coming off the floor first, and Francis Francisco Farabello's coming in, first guy off the bench. You know when Kalkbenner is going to come out for Frederick King. You know when Mason Miller is going to come in for Arthur Kaluma. Like that kind of all. That's the. You can almost peg the point of the game when that's going to happen because it's been pretty consistent for the last few, which lends you to believe that the coaching staff has that planned out from a day to day basis. Like they they know. Who's coming in when? Who's coming out when? Who's playing together for these stretches and whatnot? And figuring out the rotation is a big part of putting a young team together because it allows the players to just know the deal. You know, they know when they're going to be out there, who they're going to be out there with, and what they're expected to do when they're on the floor. And from that perspective, from that point of view, from a player standpoint, that that just allows your focus to sharpen, doesn't it? Because you just know, yeah, from a daily basis, there's no more. There's there's less variables that are you know up in the air. You know what, like when that when tip when a ball gets tipped, you know what's what's about to go down for the next forty minutes, right? Yeah, no, it definitely it it's helpful. Like, and it's why you see so much of like when we were in the tournament the past few years, like the lineups back to back games was probably identical at the time. Mac was subbing in certain guys for certain guys and whatever lineup it was. Because uh, yeah, no, it's definitely helpful in the sense I think from a player's perspective to know like you know if you're the first guy in off the bench you're like okay like this is the time i'm getting in off the bench i'm gonna have two minutes to basically do have an impact on this and then if i do i get two to four more minutes to yeah you know have even more of an impact and do some more things and try to like you know expand my role in that time period so it's definitely easier to focus on from that perspective um but yeah it's it's at that time of year usually where the lineup just it gets more refined. Like as the year is going to go on, it's yes. just going to be this. It's you're going to see those same lineups be put out there because it's kind of when we all we we used to like joke as players. It's like oh, this time of year lineups tighten it up. So you knew if you were one of those fringe guys who's only mm-hmm. playing like two minutes or four minutes in games and whatnot. It's like all right, well if I don't perform in these next four minute spurts that I'm getting in these games, probably not going to get subbed in for the rest of the year. So yeah. Or like cut the lineup. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, it's huge. This is the time of year though for sure. So uh it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I think it's there's there's a couple lineups that in I think a couple things that aren't as consistent. I think definitely um with Fred King, he's been playing well lately. So I think with him coming in, I think we're gonna see you still see a lot of the bigs, I think. Like he'll try to preserve Ryan like still and he'll sub it more. But I think towards the end you'll see Ryan try to play the majority of all those minutes at the big. Obviously if he stays out of foul trouble. But yeah, it's gonna definitely like I guess tighten up the lineup and it's gonna be consistent moving forward because this is the time that it just shakes out that way. I think one of the things that's important for, and it happened in the Butler game finally, which probably gives more confidence to the coaching staff that they can take Falconer off the floor for his normal, you know, you know, right before the media timeout and, you know, give him a couple extra minutes of, of rest is they finally outscored the opponent when he was off the floor. 
they were minus 30 for the last four games. And then against Butler, they were plus six because, you know, the minutes that Fred King was on the floor were, were productive. Like he, he made an impact on both ends. You know, he altered shots. He blocked shots. He finished at the rim. He, he made his, his matchup kind of feel him physically. Uh, that's big because there's, there was kind of a point there where I, you know, you get into this stretch where you're like, gosh, man, I don't know if they can even survive with Cockburner off the floor at this point, because as soon as he comes out, it just, it, the game just changes so quickly. You know, you saw it against Providence, like, uh, you know, Matt and really UConn. wanted it. And, uh, UConn and Xavier, especially for sure. Those games totally changed when he came off the floor, but the, uh, just at home, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, the Providence game, they were up seven, and Max like, yeah. okay, cool. We got, like, 90 seconds before the media timeout. I can get him out now. You know, we can hold serve until the, until the media stoppage, and then we get him back in the game, and we finish this thing out. And that thing evaporated, like, in the blink of an eye. It was gone I, quick. Providence was tied up, and it's like, oh, man. Like, they, you had to bring him back in before the under before the stoppage. Like, Creighton needs to be able to figure out a way to consistently stay above water when Cockburner's off the floor because he's, you can't make him play 35-plus or he's not going to be sharp in March and April. So I think the Butler game was huge. Huge. It, uh, it's, and it's, I think it's, to it's your only point, one though, game, but it's huge because Creighton needs, or, you know, Creighton needs to be able to prove that they can put lineups together that will be able to survive while Cockburner's just you know getting a damn drink of water, for crying out loud. But I want to believe, too, though, your point is, like, right on because i think they had to have said something about that in the film after that game oh it's like sure. yeah we're like, not gonna so yeah. obvious right yeah, like, like we because like yeah after that game you can't say like you had to be in film like look we're not gonna survive unless you come out here and the way he came out against butler he was like no i'm here like i'm a force to be reckoned with as well because mm-hmm. he came out there his footwork was on point little yeah. like shimmy shimmy hook like on offense grabbing rebounds he was in the mix for like i want to say 90 percent of the rebounds he was out there for so you saw a different energy you saw a different just like i think even just composure of what he was going out there to do and how he was trying to impose himself and the impact he was trying to have on the game Mm -hmm. i think just from like a personal standpoint like i just noticed that look like on his face even coming into the game so i feel like something had to have been said so, yeah, I think it's the key, and that's why I think he'll end up playing – like, he'll he'll get more opportunities, I think, just going down the stretch this year because if you want to preserve Ryan to be able to play long games when it comes to Madison Square Garden, it comes to potential NCAA tournament, yeah, I mean, he's, he's seven feet. He's he's yeah. he's that's that's a large man. So It's a large human to, being. We're yeah. going to have to make sure he, he has some time. Mm-hmm. No, but I thought, you know, the other good thing was that he imposed himself defensively. Like, you know, you see Kaufmaner come off the floor and then Butler started to get a little bit more, you know, wide-eyed about attacking the basket. And, you know, King comes in and immediately erases a a drive into the lane by Seamus Nikosius. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, this is just because the big man defensive player of the year and all that, whatever, is off the floor now, it's not an invitation to come start, you know, making bunnies and dunking on us and stuff like oh, sir. The, rim is, the rim is still a no-go zone it just you know even with him off the floor and that's what Creighton has to be able to prove to teams is it's not there's not while while there might be a huge drop-off in the production because Cockbenner is an elite rim protector it's not it can't be that 
drastic of a difference you know like you can't be you can't just immediately start drowning and then you're throwing the deep end like they have to be able to survive without him on the floor like they lost that providence lead at home i think it was gone in like 70 seconds it was a three possession lead it was gone in three possessions you know what i'm saying it can't be that fast it has to be they have to be able to sustain longer stretches of, of solid play on both ends of the floor without him on the floor and they did that against butler so that was a step in the right direction and something that I think is really encouraging going into the bye week because, you know, putting that stuff on film allows them to see what was effective and what wasn't. Uh, and it just continues. It just allows them to grow a little bit more. You know, I think the bye week is coming at the right time because they are kind of hitting their stride a little bit, but I think the bye weeks are bad when you are really on a roll. I think you don't want when you're, when you're ripping through, you know, your conference opponents, you do not want a stoppage there. You don't want a bye week because it just kills your flow. It kills your rhythm. And you kind of have to restart that that energy, that that momentum again. Um, and then you have to do it by shaking off rust in a game. I think this bye week is coming at the perfect time because they haven't really ripped off. a. Ro- they're not on a roll yet. They kind of just got some positive momentum going. And put, going into the bye week where you can kind of tinker with some things about how you're operating as opposed to just scout, you know, and focus on the next team, next team, next team. I think that's a, it's a big point of the season for them to have this bye week because they're kind of just getting their groove a little bit and, you know, having a week where they can focus on themselves for a couple practices, I think will allow them to grow even more than we've already seen these last, this last month, you know, that's how. Yeah, And that's, that's the, constant saying right when you go into the bye week we're gonna work on ourselves we're gonna work on ourselves i used to hate that i used to hate it only because only because as a scout team player man my life to operate like such on a clock that i was just like all right next scout who am i gonna be like mm-hmm. on the scout team how am i gonna like emulate their game like i'm trying so to you're focus already on in your routine yeah. so like when you get to the bye week i'm stuck here and i'm just like all right so who am I going to be? Who am I supposed to be for the next like three days? Jordan Scurry. You're going to be Jordan Scurry again. That's yeah. Be. But that was always difficult because then it's yeah. just heavy. I had to be Jordan Scurry on defense. Jordan Scurry on yeah. offense was yeah. fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's mainly heavy. Like, let's work on the offense. And, you know, Mac will put some new plays in, like, with this amount of time, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't fun. Or we work on zone. You know how. Oh, yeah, you work on a whole I, get, I, dude, no. I always loved I always loved those practices during a bio oh. because like there's so much new stuff being you know, you just like tinker with some things and there's so Look much five part. on five that the goes on because you want to see the live reps, like you guys scrimmage more, and it's like I always loved those practices because you guys it looks like a it looks like a it looks like a brand new season when it's getting started. It's fun. Yeah, no, the zone part was fun because the you always like during breaks like this, you definitely practice the zone, like if you need it or the press. Oh my press. gosh! Yeah, yeah, you guys should see me try to break a press. That is a horrific scene to watch. Trying to watch Jordan break a press against like, listen, who was Tyshawn and Mitch and all oh, those were those were Davion. Oh, that was rough. Yeah, no, you're, you're a ca- you're a catch and shoot guy. You're a ball mover. It's like that's yeah, know, the dribbling. Just, yeah. That was too many. I'm I operate with too many dribbles. Two, two to three yeah. dribbles. Anything right. more than that, that's a little bit much. All right. Yeah, you 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 love those drills where it's like three dribble max. Like that's that's oh, that's, that's a Jordan Scurry. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Not to get too deep into it, but yeah, no. So this week, to get back to the original point, definitely mm-hmm. they'll have some time to you know work on their game, work on offensive sets and stuff like that but it'll be good it'll be good to get them like back into the group but yeah i didn't like the gaps especially when you get a good road win you want to keep that momentum going like 
it's tough to take this much time off. Yeah, but it's good to be back at home when you get on the other side of it too. So. Oh, hundred percent. They'll have they'll have St. John's. They'll have St. John's on Dollar Beer Night, and then they'll have Pink Out Games. So it's like those are two big. Those might be the two biggest home games of the year. Just like forget the opponent, you know, because you don't know who's going to be ranked what when when you get them. So like the biggest games of the year are Dollar Beer Night and Pink Out. Like those are the two top two games of the year. So those are the two home games they get on the other side of the break. It won't be hard to get up for those games. Like they'll be ready. Um, yeah, I think we lost. Like, the... I think I only lost like one dollar beer night and one pink out game in my career. I I, I got to check one, the numbers your, on that. What was your one pink out loss? What was your pink out loss? Did you lose a pink I, out game? I I want to say maybe a Xavier, but I can't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Could I could be just? It could have been a different game. I don't know. It's neither here nor uh, there. We'll look it up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If, we'll get we'll, we'll get this. We'll get our stats guys to look it up. Don't worry. I'm pretty sure you didn't lose a pink out game. But yeah, yeah, we will look that up. All right, let's go down the Big East starting from. Should we go top bottom and end with Georgetown, or should we go Georgetown on up and get Georgetown out of the way? Uh, let's let's just, just skip Georgetown. They're, they're zero and eight. You, want, you like, don't even want to talk about the okay. We don't. Yeah, need to talk yeah, about, yeah, we Do can, we need to talk about the Hoyas? Like, no, no, we don't. We don't. I I think we'll talk about them when they make us talk about them. But we don't need to. So yeah, yeah, go ahead, top down, baby. Let's get it. Yeah, we don't. We don't need to talk about Georgetown. So they're 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 in purgatory right now. They're not. You know, Ewing's. We uh, put them in the penalty box. Scary in the yeah. scrub penalty box. Georgetown. <laughs> Georgetown, See, talking... and, Georgetown and Skip Bayless are in the same penalty box for us. And then you just start bringing hockey references in because I know the Bruins have been rolling. So it's like. I, I went know to my we... first hockey game. This Did you really? Yep. First Bruins nice. game. They won against the Leafs. It was unbelievable. Oh I sat in the rafters. It was unreal. Had a great time. See, this is the perfect time to talk to Skirt because the, the Celtics are rolling, the Bruins are rolling, and Creighton's on a two-game winning streak. Like this is Did you see the Celtics yeah. game yesterday? Did y'all yeah. see that? Overtime. Yeah. It was wonderful, wasn't it? Even with Al Horford's Phantom Foul, we still won. Okay. Yeah, we can talk <laughs> about that at the end. Let's get it. Big East. <laughs> All right. Top down. Uh Xavier just got their first uh conference loss, seven and one, fifteen and four overall. Right now they are twenty-two in the net. And they're obviously in every single bracket. Right now, they're on the three line with UConn. Um, but they just lost to DePaul. And I know DePaul's, you know, they yeah, they beat Nova or whatever. Like, DePaul's on something this year. You know, you, really... I know you want I know you want to be like, oh man, DePaul's kind of like, you know, no nope. sneaky. DePaul, sneaky, DePaul, like, DePaul is sneaky me tough. So proud. Let's, let's just, let's just, let's just put it into historical context right here. No team, no team has won. A conference title in the same season that they lost to DePaul since 2004. So that's what Xavier's like. What Z- Xavier's first loss in Biggie's play just put like a historical hurdle in front of wow. them in terms if they want to win this championship. Wow. Because you, you know what I'm saying? Like that you just don't lose to DePaul. Xavier teams just don't lose to DePaul. I know DePaul's better this year, maybe, possibly. It might still be the same, but. That's the L you don't you you go to you go two and zero against the ball. Those are the two wins championship teams bank on. You bank those every year. Like you don't lose to the Blue Demons. And Xavier did. They so are sure they still? Did. So right now they're a half game ahead of Providence or Marquette, excuse me, for the for first place. But on top of losing at DePaul, they still have to go to Marquette, to Providence, to Creighton, to UConn. I'm pretty sure they still have to go to Seton Hall too. Yeah, they do. So they still have they still have five road games against the five best teams in the league below them. 
after so, losing to DePaul. So the so question how do you, is, yeah, the question is, how do you feel about the first place Musketeers staying, you know, holding serve on that spot and and, and winning the Big East? So you're asking me, essentially, they're you're asking out. me if, if they're frauds. Are they frauds? Is what you're asking. Yeah, I guess we're doing fraud alert right now. Fraud Our alert. This is this yeah. is. Yeah. I think this is the Big East fraud alert. Like. T- uh, segment. They, so, um, they, there's no question they were on a roll. They beat Marquette, Creighton, yep. UConn, like all right, smack dab, line them up, knock them down, and they went on the road finally, and you know couldn't, couldn't See, get the job done against the Blue Demons. I just don't know. I that's what I think about. I I, I think they're gonna have to be on fraud alert, and their schedule is not favorable going forward. Um. That definitely has something to do with it as well. I think their schedule was pretty easy up to this point, even though they beat good teams, like you said. Like I'm yeah. not saying it wasn't having them in your own gym is like that's pretty, a, yeah, yeah. But but I don't know. I think they're on broader because like I think they're one of those teams where it's like yeah, when they're like when they're clicking, you're like oh, I can see why this team is good, but they also can just sometimes just not even be that team, and like I don't think they're. Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't think they're going to stay uh, a top. I think they still finished what top? They still finished top five, obviously. But yeah, like, I think I don't, they will too. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're finishing top. I don't think they're in the top two. I think they're one of the five best teams in the league. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, with and, that, and I, I, I still, I still, two. I still do like them because they have a lot of experience. You know, together, a lot of experience. They won the NIT last year, like. Yeah. I think that's a and, good. I think that's a good jumping off point. So I still think they're going to be a dangerous team in the postseason. Yeah, I just, and especially there's just things like, I don't love about them. They don't. They're not. They're. They're. You know. You can pick them apart defensively. They don't really. They're not really that good on that end of the floor at all, honestly. Um, and I know people will be like, "Well, you know, the Creighton team that won the Big East title in 2020 wasn't that good on the defensive end of the floor either." But it's like that Creighton team had the number one offense in the country. You know what I'm saying? And your defense was kind of around that fifty or sixty range. Like, if Xavier is going to hover around sixty or seventy, they can't be like top fifteen offensively. They have to be number one, basically. Like, to be a top five, and that's what they're not. Like, they're good offensively. They're really good offensively, but they're not top five offensively. You know? Yeah. Um, like they're really good that's offensively. Just, that's, why, that's why I have a, I have a problem with that because the offense isn't going to travel every day on the road. You exactly. know that. Like, exactly. Like defense is what travels. Offense is kind of. When you go on the road, which Xavier's going to have to do here, we just laid out who they still have to play on the road yet. You can't just be like, yeah, we're going to walk into every gym and outscore every team. Like, yeah. you have to be able to stop people. And they just they just can't. Like, they, that's it's part of how they're constructed because they do play, you know, two bigs at the same time that – so you, you they have some quickness deficiencies there um, with certain matchups. I mean, against the Paul, they were playing – Hunter, Fremantle, and Nunji at the floor at the same time, and so that's like you have three guys six eight or bigger, you know, on the floor that are more they're more known for their physicality and their length than they are for their speed. It just they have problems. They're not that deep. Um, they're not that deep when they're at home. They don't go that deep into the bench when they're at home, and you know the bench shrinks when it's on the road, right? You know the rotation shrink because you can only count on, you know, five or six guys like. They're going to struggle on the road. I really think they are. They're not because they're not deep and because they don't defend well. I think they're going to struggle to win games on the road. Will they? they I still think they're going to finish, you know, in that top five. I still think they're going to get a bye in the first round of the Big East tournament. But I just don't. 
it's not just the DePaul loss. It's it's how it's how they narrowly took care of the teams that came into their own gym. You know what I mean? I think those those were game, those essentially were toss up games. If UConn if Hurley doesn't get a T, that thing goes to the wire. Uh, Marquette went to the wire. Creighton went to the wire. Like they played really well offensively in all those games, and it was still kind of like a squeaker. You know, I I just don't I don't have a lot of faith in their ability to to get stops, especially away from their own their own gym to bank on them being the the favorite going forward in this league, despite the fact that they do have a half game lead after eight games played, you know, at the midway point essentially. That's they have the they it. have the case of like on paper offensively, like they look terrific. But then if one player doesn't, you know, hit his averages or score like they need him to, it's like are you gonna step up on the defensive end? And I don't believe they do that enough to be mm-hmm. a team I'm necessarily like their off their offense can be scary, but their defense is not shown that they were scary even at home. I think yeah. to your point. Yeah. It's like if your defense isn't that scary at home, then I don't think you're that valid as like a one or two seat in this league right now. I agree. And I also think they're susceptible to an early upset if they are a high seed in the tournament yeah. too. Because if you're just banking on your again, if you're just banking on your offense to travel to follow you everywhere you go, it's it's just it's hard to live that way. You know, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard to be successful that way. You you have to be able to win games on the other on the defensive end of the floor and let that fuel your offense because you're not just going to come in into every new environment that you know you're not going to go out of away from Cintas and just you know shoot forty two percent from three everywhere you go. You know you're going to have to be able to to get stops uh, to keep teams off the free throw line to keep them away from the rim. And they just don't. They haven't done that yet to the, I mean, to the point where you have, you should have faith in them to get that done. They're not a bad team by any means. It's just, they are who they are. They're, they're, they're going to be successful if they're cooking offensively that day, they're going to have a chance to win. But if they're kind of having an average day offensively, they're going to be, they're going to struggle. They really will. And that's what they faced against DePaul. They weren't, they weren't clicking offensively. They were missing layups. They weren't scoring inside. Um, You know, Kobe Jones was off. Uh, Adam Kunkel was off and they struggled. It's like, yeah, you know, with a team that they shouldn't struggle with. The Paul's better, but, you know, if Xavier's just coming off of wins over Marquette and Creighton and UConn, that's that you got to, you got to get the dub against the Paul too. You know, you can't, you can't go into that five game stretch and say, well, you know, we can go four and one here and the one is a loss at Wintrust. Because if you can't get out of Wintrust, it's like, you can't get out of Winter. Let's go, DePaul. How you got a gamble and CHI and the dunk or whatever it's called oh, now? You're like not, you're not Pfizer. Like if you can't handle Wintrust, you're gonna have problems elsewhere. I think so. Oh my gosh! Yeah, let's go, DePaul, man. Wow. Yeah, Xavier's still in good position, but I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit down on them at the moment. That's crazy. DePaul's on a heater. Can't wait to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't DePaul, DePaul just beat Villanova and Xavier in the same season. Like that's a. They should hang a banner. They should hang a banner right now. Mm -hmm. All right, Marquette is next in the standings at seven and two in league play, so they're a half game back of the Musketeers, and they're playing. They've been playing at a really high level. They've been balling for a minute and a half. They've been Uh, balling. Yeah, defensively, they're still vulnerable too. So it the they they kind of fall into the same category as Xavier because. Their defense hasn't traveled all that well either. 
but I don't know if I I don't I don't know if I don't like their offense a little bit better because I feel like they're one they have a better point guard than basically everybody in the league. Tyler yeah. Kolick is playing out yeah. of his mind right now. Absolutely um, out of his mind. And then you factor in also Igadora, who is like, you know, kind of a point a point man at the five spot. You know, it's it it creates an interesting dynamic for opposing defenses to shut them down. They have two guys that can initiate the point of attack and make plays for other people, and they're they able they're they able, they're able to spread the floor. They shoot it pretty well, and uh, they have guys who can get to the rim and punish people for you know giving them driving lanes. I love the way they're constructed right now. I think they're on a roll too. I think of the two teams, Marquette and Xavier, who have more pop on the offensive end than they do on the defensive end. I don't know if I like. I think I might like Marquette a little bit better because of how versatile they can be with length, with shooting, with driving, with, with rim, uh, you know, with scoring at the rim and things like that. I, I think I like Marquette just a little bit better than Xavier. So even though they're a half game back and they already lost to the Musketeers, uh, I kind of think I like them a little bit better going the rest of the way. How yeah. Do you feel? No, if, if we're doing – uh, I guess fraud versus not fraud. I do not think uh, Marquette is fraud. Marquette is not fraud. They are very mm. good. I think what stands out to me the most about them and just watching them and even going back and watching film on them is I feel like they're the most like their offense. You have to guard it. It looks the hardest to play defense against because you have to guard it for the longest. They force defenses to guard them for the longest. That's what I was mm. trying to get to. Mm. It took me a second to get there. But they force defenses to guard them for the longest, and they also put the most pressure on them, whether it's driving the lanes or just, like, their kickouts are all threatening kickouts. Sometimes, like, even when you attack the lane and you have kickouts, they're not, like, necessarily in position to make a play. They're all finding each other, like, in rhythm or shifting sides of, like, getting the ball from one side of the court to the other where, or dribbling it there where guys have to guard you. And it obviously helps that their point guard is like, you know, yeah. one of the highest assist turnover ratios in the country. And then also is, you know, getting in the paint at will. So they're definitely one of the tougher teams to guard. I, I think their recipe for success is just the best. Uh, I think that I've seen of the, doesn't it feel like they know who they are better than maybe yeah. anyone right now that they, yeah. they're like, Hey, here's how, here's how we got to play every day. Because even yeah. like even when you look at you know their setbacks like the loss to Xavier was a toss up game, and the loss to Providence was no they're excuse tough excuse me they're tough just just horrific officiating you know they 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 picked Providence apart at the dunk like that was a I couldn't even hear the crowd they were they were flowing so much like they were up eight and I felt like the game was in control and the crowd was out of it and it felt like the crowd was like yo dude this team is really good. You know, when you get the crowd feeling like you're watching a, a, your own team get whooped on your home floor, like that's that's a scary team right there. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, no, they they, they definitely they they know who they are the best of any team, and they like they 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 know who they are and they can execute it. I think the best yeah. of any team in the Big East right now. So yeah, Marquette is for real. Yeah, you know what sticks in my head though that I'm curious to rewatch when the when the rematch comes around is. Creighton held that offense in check without Kalkbrenner. I'm really curious about that. Like same. I'm really curious to see to go back and see how much of that was just, you know, Marquette uh wasn't hitting the shots they normally get, or if it was actually Creighton taking away a lot of their pet plays and making them uncomfortable. And we match up the fact that they did it without Kalkbrenner is like 
a little bit eye-opening to me. You know? That's the thing, too. I think we match up really well against Marquette, and then we just mm. have the advantage when we have Kalkbrenner. Like, yeah. So I'm very intrigued to how that, you know, rematch will go eventually when it comes. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. Not to go back. Sorry, sorry not to give Marquette their flowers there, but yeah, they're uh, they're seteenth in the Nets. They're one spot. They're they're right yeah, sandwich yeah, between UConn and Creighton. They are. They're it, currently. They're currently on the four line. They're in all seventy three brackets on bracket matrix. So and right now, um, since uh, yeah, since right before Christmas, they have the second best offense in the country. You know, the defense isn't isn't up to snuff, but like I said. When you have an offense that's top five, it allows you to to survive. Have some, have some wiggle room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, next up is Providence. This one's going to be a tough one for me because the Friars aren't healthy right now, you know? Uh, no, the Friars. The Friars. Uh, yeah. But they're still tough, man. They just – they they got that – I think they figured out this that – I don't know how they keep doing this with the with the – you know, new pieces every year type of deal because they are kind of playing with fire with that. Yeah. But I think this team now at this point of the year has figured out that Ed Cooley DNA of like, just be tough, you know, be gritty, be hard to score on, uh, drop it out, get to the free throw line, slow the game down, muck it up. Like they, I think they're, they're like in their zone with that right now because they do, for some reason, they're able to figure out a way to, stop the game a lot like i don't know why they always get the benefit of the doubt because it's part of their plan who they are because they're not flashy offensively and they don't they're not tricky but they just are gonna be like we're gonna gonna bash our way into you and force officials to blow the whistle and the game's gonna stop and you're not gonna flow and well the only one that's a little flashy is the transfer what's his name bryce is it bryce Gooden. Yeah, Bryce Hopkins that has some shiftiness for geez. sure. He's 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 got he's, some wiggle. He's got some highlight like potential, highlight real potential does. and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. Other than other than him, I think they're and I think he's even bought more into the. the I know he's bashing mentality. people around too. He went from at the beginning of the season trying to get off a bunch of crossovers and yeah. ISO pull outside up, to like jumpers. Give me the ball at the elbow. Let me take two dribbles. Put my shoulder into this defender chest and try to get a foul or try to get a layup. Yep. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Providence's they're they're in peak Providence mode for sure. So they're playing their identity, but I don't know if their ceiling is all that high though. It's like I don't know, man. As much as I've just got done bashing teams for not bringing the defense on the on, you know, on the road with them, I don't think Providence can score enough. Oh yeah, probably. I just think I just think if you're beholden to the fact that you need to like you need to hit 20 free throws a night to be successful is tough way to live, in my opinion, because you're you're at the mercy of the flow of the game and the calls. You know? Every time a Providence game goes down, like it's always a controversy with the officials. Twitter is always like, you know, there's always videos of calls and like, how was this a foul and how was that not a foul? Like that's Providence. Never a good sign. Those are Providence games. Every Providence game is like that now. It's like, oh man, we got robbed, or oh man, Providence got so many calls. Like every, it's always a, it's always a debate, you know. And I just feel like that's a tough way to live, don't you think so? Like, hey, we got to get, we got, we got to hit twenty free throws tonight, because that's where, you know, seventy or uh, not seventy five, but like 
45% of our points have to come from essentially like around there, you know? Yeah. I think they're good at, I think, yeah. And I think that's what makes them just a good team at exploiting matchups and like lineups that are just favorable against them. But I don't think they have a consistent way. I think to your point, it's, I don't think they have a consistent way of saying like, this is who we are. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do. I think they know like mentality wise, they're like, yeah, we're just going to try it. Like we're going to like, go slow, muck it up a little bit, play tough, physical, aggressive, right? But realistically, you're like, okay, but, like, are you actually stopping people? Like, we know you're playing with mm. – your, you know, you're showing teeth, but are you stopping people? And you're like, you're showing teeth, but are you getting buckets in the paint? And you, like, look up, and they're not. So, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're as – I'm put them on the fraud side. Uh, yeah, that's that's tough though. Because I don't think I expected them to be something this year. So no, I don't. There's know something I, like I think they're. Are they? Yeah, I, there's I, something. But Providence to like, me are like teams that like are you know supposed to be something and they're not. I think Providence okay. just is was, who they are. Like that's, I'm just I'm saying like top two, top three is not. Fraud. Yeah, I don't, but okay, like Xavier. So, so like Xavier's frauds me. Xavier's not. They're not going to yeah. be a one seed. Like I, I think just like where they're at now, they're not going to end up there at the end of the year. Are you confident that by the end of the year, Providence is a tourney team? They already uh, have. Yeah, yeah here, I think so. Here, I think they'll they, like they'll definitely get there. They'll get in the tourney because they're especially when they get uh, yeah. Bynum back. Like because they're thirty eight in the net, and right now they have three quad one wins. They're one and one in quad two. They don't have any losses below that. They're ten and zero. Um, but yeah, they'll get in. The non con SOS is horrible. First of all, it's like yeah. two eighty three. And yeah, I feel like they're a tournament team, but I don't right now. Where are they? Where are they sitting at? Right now, they're in. Yeah, they're a, they're on the sixth line, and they're in all seventy three brackets on bracket matrix. But like, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're one of those teams that's going to have a double digit number next to their name by the time it's by the time we get to that point. Yeah, because I just don't. And they could very well just lose their first game to whoever they play if it's a matchup <laughs> of like a really fast yeah. pace running team, yeah. like. Oh. Just wants to run them out of the gym. It's like, oh, that exactly. could be bad for you guys. Yeah, like like uh, A&M or Carolina or those teams. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, God, I want to love them because I like Ed Cooley so much. You know, love love Ed Cooley. Yeah, and it's just, but I just I just think the flaws are going to come to the surface more as the season goes on. You know. Yeah. I I I don't know how long they can ride the wave of like. You know, getting these, grinding these like wins out. I just don't know how long we can ride that wave. Well, I think it's an easy thing. There was I some think, ripple I think you can year, ride but... it out definitely even for a big East season. But then I think you got to like, I, I really do. I think you can ride it out till like, I really like till the tournament really. And then it's like, all right, now you need to figure it out. But like, if you just wrote out trying to muck it up for the whole season and now you're like, all right, let's like, put up some points it's not gonna work so yeah i don't know i just don't i don't have the confidence in them adjusting so here's the thing with the their schedule is kind of interesting okay because they're right now they're on two games kids so they're they have a get right game at depaul in their own gym they they that, that has to be a dub okay if they lose that no, game, if depaul dubs providence on, on the road mind. like i'll think lose about that. my on the, mind yeah. depaul's gotten close before depaul was close to knocking them off last it took overtime remember last year for the Big East champs to beat DePaul at home. Remember that? Like they no, weren't, they don't always, 
they don't always rip Providence to DePaul apart. Remember two years ago, uh, before the pandemic shut everything down, remember they played Wednesday night yep. at MSG? DePaul beat them, didn't they? Or was that the year after? No, oh, I don't after. know. That was the year after, though. The pandemic, yeah, year, yeah. the pandemic year at MSG with no fans, DePaul beat them in the Big East tournament first game. Took them wow. out. Wow. I don't even remember, See, don't even remember that. that. Yeah. So, like, DePaul's been a tricky team to put away for Providence. Let's go to Paul. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm just saying Three like game off a, heater. Off Three a game roll kid with a bunch of guys banged up. Like that's I don't think that's when they want to be playing the, the pesky blue demons, but um they gotta get that one. The and then they get Brett Butler confirmed. at home who's banged up. But then after that they have to go to Nova and to Xavier. Then they get Georgetown, which is you know that's auto dub for everybody in the league. It has to be. Then they're at St. John's who almost beat them at their place. Then they get Creighton and Nova at home. Uh, then they're at UConn, and they finish the season at home against Xavier and Seton Hall. So from a from a location standpoint, they're getting all these teams kind of where they want them, basically. If you look at the top half of the league, they only play UConn and Xavier on the road still. Everything else is in their own gym. But I don't know, man. I just don't love how it looks. They get the job done, though. So I have faith in the fact that they'll get the job done somehow. I just don't know. I don't know if I can bank on how it looks because they're so, they're so like. They'll stumble their way into the tournament. They're so attached to getting to the free throw line. I just think that's a hard way to live, you know, because the, the whistles aren't going to be consistent. But yeah. they'll, probably be a, they'll, they'll, they'll probably be a tournament team at the end of the day, though. They're, yeah. they're in good. They're in really good position. It would take a lot for them to screw that up, I think. They'll, they'll have some home games that get rocking for absolutely no reason on like a wet random Wednesday night that they'll like yeah. dub some team they shouldn't beat. Yeah, they'll, they'll just figure out how to stumble their way into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Seton Hall. Yeah, we haven't mentioned UConn yet it's for a reason. Seton Hall is next up in the standings, uh, just below Creighton. They're a half game back. They're five and four in league play, 12 and eight overall. Just got the big win over UConn when they were uh, the Huskies blew a 17 point lead, I believe. Sure did. That's how big that thing got. <laughs> um, sure did. Yeah, Shaheen Holloway's crew. Gosh, they were they were like close but not quite against Providence, against Xavier. Uh, and then they started smacking some teams at the bottom of the league. And then they got UConn in their own gym, got down big, scrapped their way back into it, almost gave it away on some dumb Seton Hall stuff. They took almost the lead. They, they took the lead and then they fouled in the backcourt when UConn was trying to call a timeout. It's like, yep. what are you doing Seton Hall why but then yep. they uh yeah then Adama Sonogo was ball watching on the shot and got an offensive yeah, put back history MIA MIA on the basketball court while there was yeah. a you know potentially game winning uh shot going <laughs> yeah. up there on the exactly. rim that <laughs> yeah, he the, so so game winning rebound was there to be had and he was like uh froze a little second there yeah just froze for a minute like you know just paused the game but it was good because i was one His of the more impressive rebound <laughs> rebound wins i've yeah. seen uh i'm seeing all that was crazy crazy into that game but yeah so this is how this is how the league shifts man this is what this is what it is it's like now teams like seton hall have some confidence going forward like in the league and uconn's back to reality it's great i feel i feel like seton hall is going to be a really pesky out the rest of the way. I Definitely. don't think they're I don't think they're, they're a team that can ascend to the top of the league and contend for the title this year. I don't think they're constructed no. that way. They're but not. I think they're one of those teams kind of like St. John's was a couple of years ago where you just 
you're just going to be mad that you have to play against them because they just they're so scrappy and they're in your face and like they just don't care if they get in foul trouble they just they just want to make you uncomfortable you know and i feel like all the contenders that have something to play for are going to like dread the fact that Seton Hall is next up on the schedule when it comes around to that game i think they're going to be that team like they're not going to be spoilers because they are i think they they do have a good chance to make the NCAA tournament. So it's not like they're spoilers, but they're going to be a team. Like you just don't want to mess with. Cause like, they're not, they're going to be like, you're not, they're not good enough to be on that level. Right. Consistently. But they're, they're also good enough to, to beat you. So it's yeah, like, they're, they're see, I'll take annoying, it a step further. I would just, I would just, middle ground. yeah, I don't know why you're like, I, I but no, I, I, I just, I'd hammer home the, they're going to spoil someone. Like, I could definitely see them. Like, I don't even know what their schedule is. I'm not looking at it at all. But, like, if they play at Providence, like, somewhere down the line, like, I could see them, like, beating Providence for no apparent reason. But I could also see them beating, like, yeah, I could also see them beating, like, Marquette for no apparent reason, like, down the line for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, someone yeah, I mean. just ran. Cray- I could see or it. Creighton, like, or Creighton. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, yeah no, I, I'll, I'll take, the, I'll just drive that point home. You're in the middle ground still. No, I, I see them. I, I'll clip this up. We'll come back and get this one because I see like them they still, like they off. still look like a 10 and 10 team to me in Biggie's play. But I think those 10 wins are going to be like, there's going to be a lot of marquee wins in those 10 because they're going to yeah. be, they're going to beat a lot of good teams that just like, exactly. Damn it. Why we got to play Seton Hall tonight, man? Like, Caught him, on a, big win. caught him on a snowy night in Newark. Yeah, come on, man. Snowy night in Newark, exactly. Yeah. You come uh, to the game, you just got boots on. You're like, I don't want to play at the Rock right now. And then you just had to play a scene. That's probably how UConn felt. But they took that probably, out. Probably. They were like, oh, my God, we got to go from they, Connecticut to Newark right now? Jeez, that drive probably wasn't fun either. Jeez. Yeah, that's they, why they, they, put in, they put in that opening 20, and they were like, no, we're good. Right now, they've won. Shoot. I mean, four straight since Creighton beat their beat them beat them senseless. So, hey, man. I mean, five five out of six since losing to Marquette on the road. So, um, now they've played Butler, Georgetown, DePaul, and then poor UConn. But um, they get Marquette at home next, like, and then they're at Butler, and then at a St. John's team that they already smacked, and then they're and then they get DePaul at home, and then Creighton at home. Like, they have a chance to kind of rip off. A little run here if they keep it rolling, but that you know that Marquette game is going to be really tough um, to keep that momentum going. But I'm curious to see how that goes on Saturday. Like, you know, because Marquette's yeah. on a high right now, they might be slipping. They might be. They may get caught slipping. You know, when you're I can see it, you're coming off a big win. Everyone's like getting right reality checks. Title. It's time Everyone, for Marquette. It's them. time. Everyone's getting it's them. Time you know? for Marquette's reality check coming soon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so is Seton Hall a tournament team to you? Oh no, no, no. So they're sixty three in the net. They have three quadble wins, including a road win at at Rutgers and a win over UConn. Oh yeah, they do have that Rutgers win. Good for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I'm gonna still stand on no. Okay. Because the the one thing that's holding them back right now is a loss to Siena. Like that's gonna hold them. It's gonna hold them down a little bit. They're only yeah, in two. Rough. They're only in two brackets right now in bracket matrix. Only two teams. Only two people think they're in the tournament. So yeah, no, they have worked. To, they, they have worked to do despite the three good quad one wins though. So yeah, I mean if they if they do pull off, I guess I should say then if they pull off some of these upsets, I think they can pull off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could be in the tournament. But if you 
had to ask me right now if I thought they were like going to be. No, no. I'm amazed they. I'm amazed they beat UConn. Yeah, because that matchup is so hard for them. Because UConn basically has, except for Kadari Richmond, which really they they UConn can match up with that dude, you know. But he, you know, that was probably the only matchup where you felt like Seton Hall had an advantage from a size and physicality point of view at that spot. But they should have gotten smoked everywhere else. I think. I was really surprised that they that that game turned out the way it did. I thought the yeah. and when it started, I was like, "Oh yeah, UConn's gonna roll." Like that. You Seton Hall can't match up inside. UConn uh, you got know, caught. Couldn't UConn couldn't hit shots and then got caught sleepwalking. So they did. They did. A lot of turnovers. A lot of a lot of uh, bricks. And that brings us to the UConn Huskies, <laughs> who are currently. Yeah, currently in uh, in position to play on Wednesday night at MSG. Oh, gosh, that's, isn't that hilarious? Gosh, wouldn't that be terrible? Number two team in the country just playing at – from the number two country to playing at the first night at MSG. And yeah. I love it, too, because all the UConn fans – they're just – I did not know how many UConn fans were just in the city of Boston. Like, there's more – I talk to more UConn fans uh, daily than I do uh, Providence fans even. Just because they're, I didn't know that they were everywhere like this. Um, but anyway, There's yeah, it's so funny. They're they're, they're going through things right now, you know. Oh, and I <laughs> love it. It's just so it warms my heart because it's like it's so great for them to go from, yeah, like with the number two, like you guys aren't even. I can't believe they picked you guys ahead of us in the beginning of the year. Like, uh, I'm like, I gotta gotta hear all of it, right? All the way to yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a Kemba like year this year. We're gonna play like you know first day of the tournament, get momentum, and just ride that into a championship. What? Y'all switch up so fast. I love you, UConn fans. You guys are crazy, just like me. So this is great. I, I hate to break it to them, but they don't really have a Kemba, so that's yeah. Tough no, to, that's tough what that's that. what I that's what's hilarious. That's why mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's blasphemy. So okay. I yeah, they've lost. They lost love five it. or six. I love where they're at. They've lost five of six. Four of those are on the road, so you can forgive them. But that St. John's game is like, I'm going to have a tough time taking that out of my brain because they got 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 whipped at home. got by a St. John's team that I don't know, like, I don't don't know if they're going to be someone that you have to worry about, you know? They're not. They're not. They're not, but how did you? UConn had 21 turnovers and 30 fouls. They were getting teched all like snow got tossed right at the end. Like they were talking a whole bunch of trash, but not playing well. Yeah, that no. that was that was like a alarming game for me because UConn showed a lack of like emotional maturity there in an adverse moment that doesn't bode well for their future, like their outlook this year. You have to be. You can't be so emotionally, like up and down. You yeah, know what, how many? Remember we talked. They... Remember we talked about like finding that never too high, never too low zone. Oh yeah, they're no, they're way too. That's the thing. They like at least that's what I'm saying with Creighton teams. You know, I'm like I'm saying like after every game, like you hear coaches, players, you know, you know, worry about the next game, next thing. It's like even like the New England mentality, Bill Belichick, you know, just we're on to the next game, like all that. UConn's like, yo, you see what we just did? Like, yo, you see, even if they lost, they're like, man, that don't count. Like, not even, even, you're like, all right, have some, like, find some type of, like, they sound like their fans, like, the t- like or the not yeah. sound like, their team plays like their fans sound. 
yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah. you, you knew you were good. You feel like you're coming off a high horse. You don't really have this figured out yet, do you? It's like, no, no, no. We went off the hype, man. We went off the hype. No, that's not going to work. Not going to work. You know- you know what's you know it's a little bit scary too for them is it looks like it looks like a scouting report is like their Achilles heel because like they went through non-con they were just ripping people apart but non-con you know this it's like especially when you play other teams from power leagues that just have like dudes all over the floor like they don't scout you know they just they just like roll the ball and say dude let dudes be dudes you know and then like the cream rises to the to the top there. Like UConn got away with that because they got a lot of dudes, and they ripped through some teams that like to you know match up dudes versus dudes, and then they get into league play and it's like that they didn't they didn't put Butler away until late, they didn't put Georgetown away until late, they didn't put Nova was... away until late, they didn't put Creighton away until late, and then they lose at Xavier, they lose at uh, Providence, lose at Marquette, uh, fumble 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 a fumble a get right game against St. John's at home. And then they fumble a seventeen point away lead. Like the, Scotty reports have taken away who they are a little bit. You know what this I'm is saying? why like, this is why I was against you for a little bit. I was like, my man Danny Hurley don't come up with no plays. Like I'm like, what is he drawing up? What are you talking about? He's scheming up something. Because like the thing about the I've, like, I've been like, like, like yo, Hawkins he... was cooking early. Hawkins was going off. He had like seventeen quick, and then they just like forgot he existed. I was like, that's yeah, what we're, I'm trying to say. Got, so I he got his. Let me get mine now. And then like that's when the game went sideways on him when they stopped giving the like Hawkins had like almost had a 20 piece in the first 10 minutes. And they were yeah, fine. And then they were like, Yeah, he doesn't need any more shots today. He's good. He's got enough. And then like yeah. then by the time they remembered who he was, like he was just trying to do all kinds of crazy stuff to get him back in the game, but it was already too late at that point. Yeah, they they you just can't live off the hype, Yukon. You can't, you can't. It's not a good way to live. You can't just live off the height. You got to know who you are. All right. You got to have, you got to have, you got to know yourself. Like Drake is, says, you got to, you got to, you got to know yourself. You can't is just. UConn, is UConn the ultimate vibes team? Are they just like. Every yeah. Do you day, think you it's, is it, is it because they're like still early in this biggies game? Like where they're just like, yeah, we're at the top of the big. Like is, was the AAC like, was it always whoever started off off top, like won the league? Probably, yeah. That's probably right. why. They probably don't get it. Yeah. They probably think, like, oh, once we claim that one spot, like, we got it. No, mm-hmm. it's the Big East, baby. Welcome you know what? I, the, com- <laughs> the, comparison, back. the comparison I've always made, too, is how because of how loud they are, is, like, they remind me of Nebraska. Because Nebraska walked into the Big Ten thinking, like, what's up, Ohio State, Michigan? You know, this was your league. Now it's ours. You know, we're Nebraska football, whatever, five natties. You know, what's up? And then, like, it hasn't gone that way. <laughs> and then, like, I feel like UConn's like kind of in that same realm a little bit, like that yeah. same that same room. Like, they walk in, like, oh, we're back in the Big East, like it's our our time now. Hurley's yeah. got the quote. They always tweet out the Hurley soundbite after they win every game. It's like, you know, get us now because it's coming or no. whatever. Like, it was so whack too when I was at the game. I, I didn't, didn't even talk about this on the last podcast. They had shirts. With like every national championship trophy that they have on them, right? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, like we, c- I get it, but like you, you can't do that anymore because you're in a new Big East. Like Syracuse not even here anymore, guys. Like then, bye. They're not here. Like this is a whole new league. So don't like come in this league acting like you won this league before. You re- you won a previous iteration 
of this. Like if like think about it. Yeah. If it was a book, yeah. you won you won Big East Volume One. Like you had that. Volume, that was good. You had that one. on yeah. lock. Like yeah. But this is this is volume two. Like you ain't done shit in this one. So don't come in here talking all Damn. that junk Damn. if you ain't done nothing yet. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm stay yeah. humble. Stay humble till you do something. That's it. Stay humble. I don't know if UConn knows what that means. Their yeah, fans don't. We'll their get fans don't. We'll get their fans there. don't talk that way. The, the players don't talk that way. Like we'll get them there. They're, yeah, they're gonna come at me. But, they're gonna clip this up. I can't wait. They're an ultimate vibes team, though. They just like they don't are. know they that they're just they're a little bit of a front running group. They 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 front run a little bit, you know. Like they're that's what I mean. They're so, like, all right, what's what's the scheme for this game? I don't know. What's y'all vibe? That's what that's you know? what they say. That's what they say in film. All right, coach. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna force baseline. Are we gonna force middle. Are we gonna what's the what's the closeout for him? I don't know what you feeling. What's the vibe? What's yeah, the vibe? what do you think? What you what do you think he's got? Yeah, I don't um, know, man. I don't know. I thought you had a game plan. The St. John's oh, game was the St. John's game was the perfect like encapsulation of that too. Because like I said, Hawkins was on fire, and then they just like forgot he existed. And it's like how can you? My, that man was going for a forty piece, and you just like ignored him for twenty minutes. Like, what oh, happened? I would have subbed myself back in the game. I would have been like, Coach, I don't know what you think going on, but I'm going to get forty. Slapping like slapping Andre Jackson if he shoots a three or Alex Caravan. Like, no, I'm the three point shooter. You're the driver. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Uh, next up is the Johnnies. Um, Johnnies. Yeah, I don't know, man. They didn't look good for a minute, and then they beat UConn. Like. I don't they're know how playing, to feel about them. They're playing ball. They're playing ball. But they're always playing ball, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they, yeah. so they, they always do that. Like, and they, they straight up lost five games in a row. And, <laughs> like, three of them, like, three of them weren't close. Like, you know, they got whipped at, they got whipped at home or at Villanova. They got whipped. They were up, like, big early. And then they somehow they got outscored by, like, 30 the last, like, 20 something minutes. Um, Played Xavier kind of tough. Played Providence kind of tough. But Marquette, Marquette like 60 pieced them in the second half at their own building. Seton Hall kicked their ass. Uh, then they had a get right game against Butler. And then they somehow went into UConn, <laughs> went into UConn and got it. It was at the XL Center, which is kind of where UConn goes to die. They go to they go to the XL Center in Hartford to kill their momentum. It's where their seasons go to, to go in the crapper. For some reason, they have a. Uh, you know, an agreement that they have to play X amount of games at that at that facility, so they go away from Gamble, which you know is insane as an environment. But yeah, the XL yeah. Center, I can see why it's not. I wouldn't even consider that a home court. I like, know you, it's you, like a we, yeah. I'd feel like that'd be the, like Gamble would be my if I was at UConn. I'd be like Gamble is home court. XL is when we play at the Convention Center. Like that's it. That's what I would say. <laughs> So next up for them, it's a two-game win streak, right? They get Villanova at home next. Who you know, you, that's you kind of got two like desperate teams right there, right? Because yeah, this is battle of the desperate. That's kind of yeah. Where and then they're, they're at. At, then they're at Creighton, then they get Nova and Seton Hall at home. So this is like their stretch where if they have to put it together, it has to be now kind of thing. Because at you know they're going to end the year at Marquette, home against UConn. Creighton is in there. Providence is in there. Like, yeah. you don't want to mess well, around. I'm going to call this. You know, call February, this is, the, February is going to be really hard for them if they don't get get, get it together right now. This is the take me serious game. Like, this is the game for whoever wins. It's like, all right, 
I'll take the other. Whoever wins this game, I'll start. I'll take you serious for a little bit. But after that, if you don't show me anything, you're not even in the conversation anymore. All right. So that's it. So this is like the last gasp for C. This St. John's Nova game is the last gasp. Yeah. We like, I don't know. I don't know if they'll make it into any of the next podcast episodes unless we play them in like the. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> unless unless we play them in uh the garden, I don't know. I don't know if they'll make it in. So you're just yeah. like, look, this is your last chance for us to talk about you the rest of the year. If you don't if you yeah. lose this game, you're not we, in the next up. We only we only talk about tournament caliber teams and from what <laughs> they're showing us right now. I don't know, man. I don't know, but we'll see. This okay. is the show this is the show me part of the year. True. So that okay, so here's the thing. Like, I don't know whether to include Butler. Or not? No. So, but hold up, though, because they still have a win over a Kansas State team that's gonna that's gonna age so well if they can just get their shit together. Like if they can just stop getting blown out. They can't shoot. They can't shoot. They're hurt. Yeah, like that's it's tough. It's a tough way to live. But that yeah, Kansas just... State win. That Kansas State win is gonna have so much mileage. If they can there's just, a, but like, there's a difference between sh- like get together, like get it together. Like Creighton is just not making shots at periods this year. Like uh-huh. Butler can't shoot. Oh, okay. So like that's there's between like Creighton's like missing, and Butler's like don't stop doing that. Like they have they like yeah like Butler's like yeah no there's not even they miss- is, is there more than three people you're like. Oh, if he's shooting at three, I feel uh, good for them. No, there might not be. I don't. There's there only than, like two. Wasn't like there's really only like one, only. There's only one in my mind. It's just Seamus. That's it. Is that Seamus Lukosius? Yeah. Yeah, forty-one. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking forty-one, and even the uh, whatever. The, he's more of a driver. Duck Harris. He had, yeah. yeah, he hit a couple. Duck threes, Harris, but, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So those are like the only. That's what I'm saying. The only two I could think of. So yeah. Yeah, it's hard to win games, man. You got to have people who can shoot, make shots. That's how you win basketball games. Especially when you're not going to protect the basket with many baits out. So, like, no, they, no. They've lost. They, miss, oh, they have missed bunnies, man, at the rim. Like, they miss mm. late. They, they, yeah, they, they, they're like, I don't even know the numbers, but if I bet if I was to look it up, they're like finishing in the paint. It's not good. No. They've lost six Big East games. And it was by 22 to UConn, by 22 to Creighton, by 20 to Providence, by 25 to Seton Hall, by 16 to St. John's, and then by 20 yeah, to man. Creighton. Come on, that Mott and Greg that, never got their life. They're like, they're like, like getting life, bro. <laughs> Dudes are going through it right now. Neither of them have ever. This is like this more is... 20 point losses they had their whole career. In, in like their whole month. career. First time Greg Oden ever experienced a loss like this. He was playing for the Portland Trailblazers. Like he was confused. He is so confused right now. And then they have to go to UConn and to Providence back to back. Their next four games are at UConn, at Providence. Then they get Seton Hall at home, who absolutely destroyed oh them God. already. These guys are. And then they have to go to. And then they have to go to Marquette first year too. And they have to go to Marquette after that. That's that might be four more, just absolute beatdowns. All right, well, that Kansas State win is going to look weird at the end of the year. Weird. Butler's a beautiful school. It's got a great campus. I'm sure they're all having. <laughs> they're having I'm sure. I'm sure they're having fun this year. I'm sure. Dad I love you, dude. I love you. Great. They have a great environment. You know, I bet they're they're having a good time playing that had in nothing, these games. That had nothing to do with basketball. You just like they got. I mean, the weather looks 
might be nice in March. I don't know. Indy's cool. But yeah, the weather might be nice in March. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they'll be. Yeah, Indy's cool. Pace is all right. Yeah, they got got Tyrese Halliburton out there. Yeah, you're just trying to give him a reason to Love it. He just totally skipped the whole like postseason outlook and just said, no, just just be happy you're alive. Be grateful for life. I thought we keep it real here on Scar and the Scrub. If we're gonna be right. real in March, they were, shouldn't well, be they shouldn't there, be thinking but, about yeah. I'm going there now. Yeah, no, we've, you are. we've been here long enough that I'm just like, yeah, you know, like realistically in March they should be thinking of the NIT and um you yeah. know what other maybe some other tournaments and what the weather's gonna be like. Get outside, you know. Get some dribbling drills in outside, some shots up on the hoops outside. Thought I, handed, I thought I handed you like a Give me your outlook for the season. You're just like, what's the weather going to be like out there for Butler? Yeah, yeah. outlook for the season. I got, just get, yeah. They got any concerts in town? Like, is, you know, it's like who's who's coming? Yeah, who's, who's coming yeah. then? <laughs> going to be any spring baseball out there? I don't know, bro. They beat Kansas State by double digits. Like, yeah, it was like it was like they controlled the whole game, and Kansas State might win the Big Twelve. That's yeah. And Butler's just gonna get aced by everybody they play in the Big East. That's good. Yeah, I just watched Kansas State How beat weird. Kansas. That was crazy. Yeah, dude, it would be like it would be like what we think of as DePaul if DePaul went and beat like <laughs> like Gonzaga. You know what I mean? And then just like turn back. Oh my DePaul, god! Like what? Yeah. Just, I don't under. I'm gonna. They were like, that, that was our Super Bowl. They're done. That's the thing. That's probably what happened. Well, it was like Super Bowl accomplished. Good. But that's that's all we it? need. Like it was just K State. Like they probably weren't even like they probably weren't even taking it all that seriously. Like oh, whatever, it's K State. Like they yeah, they been... probably accidentally won the game. Yeah, <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> they accidentally like brought it that night, and they're like they forgot how what they did. They just blacked yeah. out. Yeah, I like what we just I, now I'm going back. Like what we just game. do? What, what I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm immediately going to watch this game after and see if they yeah. like blacked out from three. <laughs> And if you go back and you're just like, what? Yeah, let's look and see what were, what did they shoot that night. We got to figure this out. Yeah, just I look see at how the, much of an out of body scoreboard. They were like, was. "Yo, shit, bro, we just won by 20. They're like, "Bro, I thought we were down. I thought we were the other team." They were eight for twenty from three. Four different guys hit a three. So yeah, they were a little bit like unusual that night. Yeah, well, Chuck see, Harris was two for shit. three. CMOS was three for seven. Jaden Taylor, who I don't even think anyone guards him as a shooter in this league, is two for six. Damn, that's just uh, that that that's going to be the most inexplicable game of the year, I think, because K State's going to be like K State's going to keep rolling, man. They they look really good. I love to see it. Is that the, so? I think that might be the last team we need to talk about because Villanova. Lost to DePaul already. They're nine and ten. Do you uh, want to talk about Nova? You mean Nova? DePaul. Nova. Is, is Nova. Rough. Right now, Nova. Since right before Christmas, Nova in Big East play basically. For, can you their offensive the, efficiency? Their offensive efficiency ranks ninety second, and their defensive efficiency ranks one hundred seventy third. Bro, Jay he, Wright. If Jay Wright didn't retire, he would have quit. Like that is horrific for Villanova. Can you, you know uh, can you tell me? Can you tell me what Villanova's Big East record is, real quick? Uh, three and five. Can you tell me what DePaul's Big East record is, real quick? Three and five. Okay, but DePaul has the tiebreaker right now because they won head to head. So right now, technically, technically Nova is. I mean, I don't know how that works out, but right now they're like ninth. 
I just want to say this on a recorded line. Oh, it's like the first time I'll be able to say it is that yeah. DePaul is better than Villanova. Oh. Oh, no. It is January 20th, 2023, and DePaul oh, is better than Villanova. Wow. Yeah, that, wow. Might not be, that might not be false, man. Wow. That's crazy. I'm just let's clap, clap it up for DePaul. Like honestly, Nova, <laughs> Nova, man. DePaul's, Nova, DePaul's under DePaul's under 500, and we're just like, yeah. Talk about let's talk about the, Nova on the come Nova. up. Nova. So Nova, here's what here's what so a Nova, collapse. Nova lost five of six, and then they're two, two. So Nova's three and five in Biggie's play. I want let's just make sure we understand this. Nova's Three and five in Big East play. Okay. Two of their wins are over Georgetown. And wow. one of them was like one of them was like a squeaker at home they just had the other day. Yeah, and one of they them like, they got it was like a posterized. One of them they got posterized. They, they still posterized. won by like twenty, but they posterized. But but they barely beat they like they like it was like a one possession game, last possession game against Georgetown. So they're so two of their three league wins are against a team that everyone's gonna beat twice this year. Not did. everyone, <laughs> not them. Yeah, not well. They did it already. They already got the doves. Oh, uh, oh well. The, oh, you meant Georgetown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Two of their three wins are over Georgetown. So oh, next they got. So they're at St. John's on Friday tonight. I guess we're. This is this the twentieth? Yes, twentieth. Yeah. So they're at St. John's tonight. Oh, that's. Then they have game. Providence at home. It's the line on the, that. Then they're at Marquette at Creighton. Then they get the rematch with DePaul. Rematch with DePaul. I don't think I've ever said rematch with DePaul in the same sentence before. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look out. Uh, Then they get Seton Hall, Butler at home. So that's a three. After they go to Creighton, they have a three-game homestand that should be winnable for them. But the last five games of the year for Nova, check this out. Damn, dude. I feel so bad for Kyle Neptune. Hey, right, just walked that dude into a bear trap. He just said, yo, you can have my job. I don't have a point guard for you. I'm sorry. I didn't recruit one. Uh, and Justin Moore is going to be sidelined all year with a torn Achilles, but you'll figure it out. And then this man's last five games of the year at Providence, at Xavier, home against Creighton, at Seton Hall, home against UConn. Those are the last five games of the year for Nova. They might win a game. <laughs> like a single game. Dude. Oh. Uh, I, I don't uh, know how I feel about the collapse of Nova. Or not the collapse of the they, they the might down, not make the they're not on a make down the, coaster. Their their coaster is just the NIT still has that rule where you have to be five hundred or you can't be below five hundred to make bro, the what if right? Duke, do they still have that rule? Whoa. I think they still have that rule. What if Duke and Nova play for the NIT championship this year. That would be the most insane Dude, I, thing. Well, first of all, like, yeah, you're on to something with Duke there, but I don't know if Nova's going to make the NIT, bro. Yo. I don't know if they're going to. This year. They're nine Big and East, 10. man. They're nine and 10. Their net is 101. They Chaotic. Are, they are 0 and 5 in quad one, 1 and 7 in the top two quads. Uh, and. And like I said, their schedule. I mean, right now at St. John's, Providence, Marquette, Creighton, that four game stretch right there. Whew, and then the five games they end the season with. 
Like they're three and five, and their schedule hasn't been that <laughs> that hard yet. They've already played Georgetown twice. They've already played Paul and Butler. So they're gonna figure something and, out. And they had Xavier, and they had Xavier and Marquette and St. John's at home. Like, hey, but Justin Moore though, Justin Moore is gonna come back and he's in the. Oh yeah, to- yeah, totally, absolutely. Tony Achilles is heal up real quick. He'll be good. <laughs> you know, we were talking about that. We were like, hey, oh, yeah. everybody want to pump the brakes because the math ain't mathing on that timeline. And then they Kevin, just re- yeah. like a month, like a two weeks ago, they released a story like, yeah, you know, he might not be back after all. I've like, seen oh, really. Uh, I've seen oh, articles no, about. How Kevin Durant just appreciates the fact that he can play basketball again after tearing his Seriously. Achilles. And we're Seriously. talking about Justin Moore coming back. Yeah. He could just be in the biggest For the stretch the run, year. it's going to push Nova over the top for the title. Like, you all are crazy. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. That man is not helping you hang any banners except for, like, you know. Oh, my god, We won 10 games in the first year of a new head coach, et cetera, like Nebraska does or whatever, you know. Crazy. Nova, Nova out. Gonna, so Nova's not going to make the tournament. We well, like it's it's. We might not have to talk about them anymore after tonight. Wow, is this the first? This is might be the earliest that there's ever been a cancellation of Nova in a basketball year in we're my lifetime. Cance- we're canceling Nova this year. We're canceling them. We're, we're well, yeah. We're well, like you know, what I mean, we're just not canceling. That's well, obviously. No, that's a, I think that's word. even funny. I think it's even funnier. We just canceled Nova. We did. We, so we said well, we're gonna Nova. have to delete because if I'm not talking about any non, if I'm not only gonna be talking about tournament contenders yeah. going forth, I'm not talking yeah. about Nova then. So yeah, the only reason we're talking about Butler is because they beat K State. And the only they reason just we're have talk- that on the, they have the crown on the resume. They, they just have a yeah. they have a gold star on their resume. They have the most L's, but they also have a gold star. So they're gonna be a trivia question for K State, like K State Natty Champs, like twenty twenty three. Like who, who's the who's the worst team they lost to? Butler's gonna be the answer to that trivia question. Like that's, that's yeah, yep. Um, yeah. So like at, Xavier Marquette, Providence, Creighton, Seton Hall, UConn, and then like. The winner of St. John's Nova are like the only teams that are going to have a pulse left after, after tonight. You know, that's the way it's looking. Yeah, I can't believe Nova's in that conversation. That's crazy to me. I can't either. I like Cal Neptune we... too, but that those. I, I'm I'm telling I'm saying right now like Jay Wright would not be that much different. I know he's like the you know, one of the goats, but like. So there's, you think there's, he? There's problems on this roster that even Jay Wright can't fix. That's so you saying. think he saw he saw that and he dipped out? I'm not saying no. <laughs> Jay Wright abandoned ship. Listen, I'm not wow, saying no. That's I'm crazy. Saying, here's what I'm saying to you. I'm saying that when he retired, what was the immediate narrative by the national media? It was like the NIL, best and coach in the, NIL. Oh, no, no, it was like bad. NIL and like transfer portal and all this stuff is just too hard and whatnot. Like that all got fed to them. They didn't just come up with that on the top of their like that was like fed to them as like a, a reason. But like really, the reason was like they went to the Final Four and Gillespie's gone. Moore's gonna be out for the year. Samuels is gone, and like they they you know they were gonna have some yeah. problems. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna go through some things with Jay Wright, and Jay Wright didn't want to go through some things, so he's like, you know what? I think this is a good time to. I'm gonna go up. golf. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go be a TV analyst and stuff. Just a wrap. So like, a final golf. four is a, a final four is a good way to end it. You know, that's what I yeah. Because they would, I think they would still struggle even with him on the sideline. I really do believe that. I know Neptune's getting bashed right now, 
but this is you know Down he's cooking here for no he's, co- wow. he's cooking he's cooking with Jay Wright's ingredients. Let me say that. Like this is the team that Jay Wright would be coaching to. Nova is down. Down bad. January it's January twentieth. And by midnight tonight, we might not even be talking about them anymore. Wow. If that if this goes sideways. Never so thought I'd see the ship sink this fast. Rarely got to rarely got to MLK Day and they're they're done. They barely got through it. Uh, oh Nova. It's yeah. okay. They'll be back yes. one day. They will be back. Maybe with or not. With or they turn into Paul or or like Georgetown. What if Georgetown and then like what if, Hey, honestly, what if no? I what if just DePaul just gets sick now? Like what if because Chicago's a sick city? What if DePaul just becomes like a just People national basketball powerhouse? Oh, I'd love it. It'd be great for basketball. You know, they can't, recruit, they can't, they can't recruit Chicago though. Like that's yeah, the that's problem. the thing. That's the thing. Everyone else recruits Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, but they'll figure it out. I, I'm I'm much rather if I have to if we have to sacrifice Villanova for the rise of DePaul, I'm all here for it. <laughs> if we have to, that's if, what if, you're gonna if, trade that off. Really? If if Nova never makes the Final Four ever again for DePaul want, to like, make a Final Four, what and or just become a basketball powerhouse, I do it right now. Hot takes. So I'll just throw them out there. We're at the. Like, I'm not endorsing line. that. I don't want. I don't want like big games at Wintrust Arena. Oh, I, I do. Have... <laughs> I that's that's exactly what I want. What? De, want, if DePaul is rocking, that's a way. Pack out Wintrust. Pack out Yeah, I'd rather pack out Wintrust in your on-campus little shoebox. No, but the fin looks the fin lo- looks cool, doesn't it? Isn't no, it is cool. You, it is cool. But like, I rather I rather be in the city of Chicago in like in, Philly? Be in um, Chicago. Then it's not in Philly. It's in the like middle it's of nowhere. Philly. Yeah, middle of no. You got to take a bus like an hour and however long from it's not Philly. That far. It's not that far from Philly. Okay, it's when like, there was traffic on the way to our games, you got to leave mad early. You that's see, true. Rush yeah. hour traffic. It's very Villanova's annoying. like Villanova's like Ralston. They're like Ralston to Omaha. It's like it's like right there. It's like next week. Yeah, it's, like no. adjacent. it's adjacent. I'm more of a fan of like I think everyone knows this now. More modern like, but arenas. dude. But Wintrust isn't even in Chicago, though. It's like in a little, like you know, gated ass part of the city. Uh, like Wintrust is connected to the hotel. We don't even got to go outside. <laughs> we don't even got to go outside. That's true. Bro. That's true. That's true. It's the most true. beautiful thing ever. If Wintrust was, oh, it is a nice. It is a nice. And the locker room is better. Come on, man. It is a nice facility. It's like it's like brand new, state of the art, all that good stuff. But yep. So I will I'm sacrifice not- Nova. You'll sacrifice Nova for I'll that? sacrifice yeah. the prep school. I'll sacrifice Hinkle You're right for in that. the city. Oh, I'll, I'll sacrifice Hinkle for DePaul. I sacrifice Hinkle and St. John's. For... I'll take but I'll take Butler being the bottom the being the seller dweller for the trade for DePaul. I won't trade Nova. I got I got like Nova's like old school big east. You need some of those teams to still be good. You can't have UConn. You can't have UConn, St. John's, Nova, and Georgetown all suck at the same time like they do That's right now. That's true. I want to oh, make it clear I, that UConn sucks I right pray. now. I want to make it say I it loud. For... UConn sucks. They're ass right now. That's what they I do. pray. I pray for Georgetown to have a resurgence. It's more fun than they're good, man. Is it? Like they got, yeah, man. Like they got a cool situation going. Like they got the Jordan sponsorship, and like they got. You know, pros, they got some names, obviously. They play, like, they play at Capital you know, One Arena, though. They play at Capital that's Arena. what sucks. 
But yeah, I mean, like, but Capital One Arena is cool. Like, when we have shoot around there, like, it's a pro arena. It's where, like, the Wizards play, the Capitals play. So it's, like, a very cool arena. They just don't have people that go to it. And so it's, like, they're a fun place to play because it's, like, the history of Georgetown still, like, I don't know. At least you, like, at least me, I was, like, a huge early. That, that was, like, the era I was a Big East fan. So, like, all those teams I remember fondly. So it's, like, you feel that. But it's just so not that. It's like so distant from what all of that was that it's like yeah. it's it's disheartening. That's another team like I wish I I wish they were good. Like I wish it was like fun to go and compete with them in the time that I was there. Like they were a competitive team for the Big East. Yeah. That's oh, man. Those Iverson days are a long way away. I usually think Georgetown was like the scariest team to play. Bro, even I'm not even Iverson. I'm like even thinking just like Roy Hibbert and Roy Hibbert, and Jeff Green, man. Like Jeff Green. that's okay. what I remember. Those teams, I was like, yo, they're nice. Or even there was um, if you remember, it could just because my high school Nate Lubick went to Georgetown for oh, my okay. high school. I remember. If you remember yeah. the Vanilla, Vanilla Gorilla, yeah, he went to St. Mark's, and his dad was actually one of my English professors, and oh, he. Shit. Yeah, and so like even him going there, I was like, that's a like he was obviously ridiculously smart, great grades, and all that. So I was like, yeah, like that's going from prep school. You're like, yeah, you want to go to like a Georgetown where you're like getting the best of both worlds. You're getting the obviously high academics, and then you're getting great coach, good basketball. So that was the thought process for a while when I used to look at Georgetown in the Big East. So it's just yeah. upsetting. Upsetting. All right. It sounds. It sounds. I feel it. I'm just going to wrap it up here. Like Xavier, Marquette, Providence, Creighton, good. Seton Hall, mid. Everyone else sucks. <laughs> Everyone, all right, everybody. Have a good weekend. Everybody else, have a good one.